Come on and join me on the B-side When movie stars that weren't in their prime Made other movies that got left behind That got them covered on the B-side You're gonna like it on the B-side Cause you got Danny Connor by your side Throwing your knowledge from the inside And now you're listening to the B-side Hello, everybody, and welcome to The B-Side. Here, we usually talk about movie stars and not the movies that made them famous or kept them famous, but the ones they made in between. But today, we've got something a little different. Uh, Randall Poster, one of Hollywood's most notable music supervisors, joins us to talk about his work, including Sofia Coppola's new film, Priscilla, which is in theaters now. In addition to Coppola, Posters worked with tons of great musically-minded filmmakers, including Wes Anderson, Martin Scorsese, you name it. Uh, we chat with him about the ins and outs of the job, and of course, a few lesser seen gems from his body of work, like Diggers and Jesus' Son. Uh, it was a fascinating chat, so we hope you enjoy our conversation with music supervisor Randall Poster. All right, Randall. So jumping right in, Priscilla, thanks uh, for speaking with us. Uh, congrats on the movie. And I think we, wanted to, we wanted to start with um, we when, when Sofia uh, Coppola began production of the film, she shared a playlist of inspirations, right? Like it was like morning on set, I think is what she called right. it on Spotify. So she's obviously someone who has such a strong taste in music and so much of her work is so, you know, driven by the music choices right is a playlist like that something she's sharing with you or how does that start how does that collaboration start well I, I you know i think we we really just talked about some things initially um and uh, and just sort of set about sort of the tasks as they presented themselves in terms of you know initially uh, talking about a few of the pieces that we we, we felt were going to be foundational. And then for me, initially just meeting with Jacob and talking to him about the some of the on-camera performance that he had to do and preparing him for that or making him comfortable. Um, and then when they came back to New York after finishing principal photography, it, it, strangely in this day and age it's 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 more unique than not is that Sophia Tomah and I are all New Yorkers or in living in New York and so we really got to spend time in person in the editing room just sort oh, wow. of sorting through the various um the various motifs uh the various musical components uh period non-period um and then sort of the interesting uh, uh, or the revelation that we were actually going to um, curate a score rather than create a score. Right. And I think, you know, just because it's such an interesting job you do for those maybe who don't, you know, listening, who don't fully maybe understand what a music supervisor does. Can you just walk us through, like, what's the process, whether it's, you know, I guess in the context of Priscilla, you know, for the purposes of this, like, what is that process like? So you're 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 curating the score. You're working with with Phoenix in this case, right? In that yeah, respect, yeah. And yeah. then what, they, what happens they really, after they, that? They, they really took the lead in terms of focusing on the 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 non song moments, you right. know, at first, and then and then we were just collectively just trying to figure out, okay, how does this all work together? But in, in terms of the process, I mean, really, 
the way I define as a music supervisor is the person who the director has to talk to about the music in the movie, you know, right. and um, and then to sort of, OK, let's imagine it and let's let's try then to execute it uh, both creatively and, and, and on the on the business side of it. Um, and, um, you know, so those are really the, the, that, that's sort of the role I, I, I see myself playing. Um, and then, you know, in, in these ideal situations, which this was just, you know, being a collaborator and talking about the movie as a whole and, and sort of see how we use music to help tell the story. It's one of those things Everybody always says about music supervisors, oh, it's the best job in the world. And, you know, and obviously in certain respects, that's so true because it's so how fun, right, it is to, you know, pick music you love. But I think the thing that gets lost sometimes is like the the getting the permission, getting the rights, negotiating right, the price. Right. I mean, I just I always think I we me and Connor work you know, tangentially in the industry a little bit on the commercial side. And we very minimum, you know, very minimally have been in the world of like, oh, we need to license this thing. Right. And it's that yeah. is such its own wild, not wild west, but its own like, you know, labyrinth of just conversations. Yeah. I mean, there's no there's no blue book. Right. So you, right. You, you, right. every right. song is it has its own history, its own its own complications or its own life. Um but we do we 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 do pretty well with that, and um, it's just it's just really making sure that we're 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 delivering on the, you know, on the emotion, uh, helping using music and songs to propel the story, to contextualize it in time, to take it out of time, um, and and, uh, and and that's really uh, the 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 most important work that gets done. And really, I just want to say, too, is like, you know, when people say it's the best job, like, oh, this is Randy Poster. He's the guy who picks the songs for the mm -hmm. Wes Anderson movies. It's like, I, I don't pick the songs, right. you know, and I don't want to be picking the songs. I want the directors to be picking the songs. Right. You know, I present, you know, I work with the director, but it's really in the, in the, it, you know, if I'm picking the song, if I'm picking, something is not quite right, <laughs> right. you know? Yeah. On this, on on Priscilla, um, you know, the, the budget was a was a little tighter, I think, than than some films that would would appear of its size. Was that yeah. sort of in the conversation you know when what? you're talking around licensing I, I, and stuff? I never, I never get enough money, you know, to, right. to spend, to spend. It's like it's all it's always the same story, right. you know. They because the money is because the music is the last money that goes out, you know everybody kind of they sort of borrow I was gonna from ask you about that because that's always such a common refrain in any budget for any media is like you take from post right yeah and so obviously music was part of that larger you know umbrella and so yeah. I, I was kind of a, a personal did, question it did, I it, did, it did it didn't happen it didn't happen really on this movie Great. But it, just beyond the sense that ultimately, then we just needed to find more money to spend right. on the music. Right. right. I mean, we have we have fifty we have fifty one licensed pieces of music in the movie. Wow. And and none of them That's are Elvis incredible. tracks, I believe. Right. Uh, no, none of them are Elvis yeah. recordings. It's funny because people, you know, somehow I think in the primary press release it talks about how you know we didn't use Elvis that there's no Elvis music in the movie. 
But actually, you know, it's funny is that there is an Elvis piece in the movie yeah. that the guitar man that plays in um, in the 68 special. Right. Which we yeah. had like the, yeah. we had the premier Elvis Presley impersonator record. And, and I'm wondering, like, did people not pocket or did we just do it badly? So, well, I, I was curious about that because I, I saw the movie at New York Film Festival and then I saw it again. Right. I saw it again last night in preparation for this. And so right. I, I was I was paying attention more to the music this time, obviously. And I did clock the TV special and I was curious whether or not how much that fell under your purview or if that was more of a footage licensing well, situation. Well, no, we had, you know, to, like... we had to, you know, we went into it. We 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 suspected that we could have issues with the Elvis Presley sure. um, business estate. people. Yeah. yeah. No, the estate is supportive. There's a company oh, now sorry. that okay. controls it. Yeah. Copy. So, so, so we, we selected a piece, Guitar Man, that was written by Jerry Reed. Mm -hmm. So there was no, there was no publishing. He had no, no Elvis has dominion over a lot of the songs that he, that he performed. So they own the rights to them and, and needed, you need approval from the Elvis folks. But, you know, we, we, we were prepared to not get it. And so we landed on Guitar Man. And, yeah. thank, and thankfully, you're making a Priscilla movie, right? So it's a yeah. Little, I mean, it is. It, I mean, that's yeah. really. I mean, yeah, that was often. You know, it was. It's. We're not telling the Elvis Presley story, although Elvis is a major character in our movie. It's mm -hmm. the Priscilla Presley story, the sure. Priscilla story, right? Which is a certainly well well said, and I think comes through. I mean, so one thing I just wanted to kind of. So there's a couple interesting things. You, obviously, you kind of mentioned it before. You're you're. As music supervisors go, you're kind of like, you know, the guy in as much as like Wes Anderson, right? Like, you know, as we speak, Killers of the Flower Moon is out. That's something that you, you know, worked on, right? You you have, you have your, you've worked with some of the most musically, you know, music first filmmakers, for lack of a better, you know, phrasing, yeah. you know, in, in the industry. But I wanted to bring it back if I could, just because it's so interesting. You know, we were looking over your, your kind of long established career and me and Connor uh, jumped out to us. We both interned, funny enough, many, many millions of years ago at Killer Films. And you, a long time ago, you worked on a lot of, you know, kind of stuff like um, uh, Office Killer and whatnot. And I just, right. that, that just jumped out at me. You know, kids obviously, I think that's pretty well known. You you worked on that, uh, you know, the right. Harmony Crin, uh, you know, written, you know, kind of very famous New York movie, obviously. But I, which yeah, I think Christine produced that movie. But but yeah. um, but what is that? So obviously Priscilla is independent in its own way, like Connor was saying. But those movies are like '90s raw in a lot of cases. Kind of what was was what was the learning curve on those films? What did you pick up? You know, I know you. Um, you so Christine ahead, and I, Christine, Todd Haynes, and I were classmates in college. Oh, uh, got it. So, so um, you know, we started working together very early on, um, and you know, those, you know, we we grew up together in the in the independent movie world. And again, like I said, it's always hard. You know, it's always a challenge, both you know, creatively, and then sort of figuring out, okay, how do we make this this work within the scale of the project. Um, but all those things were great experiences. I mean, with, with, with office killer, which was so long ago, mm. um, you know, what I remember is we had just this really great Evan Lurie score yeah. in the film. Um, and he's a composer an overlooked composer, I think, but you know, that was a really, uh, that was really the, 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 
the thing I remember most about, you know, the most joyful memory was just sort of, you know, being involved with with Evan creating, a, I think, a very unique score for a really super crazy movie. Do you remember, you know, because you co-wrote... Um... Uh, uh, what is it called? A, ma- a matter of degrees. Matter of degrees, right? yeah. Which, which actually I was able to find and I watched, uh, started watching last night, and it's yeah. a fun movie, nineteen ninety, right? And I think so. That's where it kind of starts, right? I mean, obviously you're in college and you meet people like Christine and Todd who, who are amazing and kind of what a, what a gift that is in its way. But when you're on that set or you're writing that, are you realizing that like music is something that's well, like? Well, I w- I mean, I was always, you know, I was crazy for 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 you know records and listening to music and 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 a and an inveterate film goer as a kid here in New York five right. movies a weekend mm. in a very in a real golden era of of filmmaking totally um and really like that movie was sort of born out of like just trying to figure out what to do with my life and and ne- needing to do something and over the course of that you know that was a moment the so the movie's focused around a college radio station and that was a time when like what they had been calling college radio indie rock became alternative music so in the course of working on that movie and overseeing the music which was all songs no score and we recorded a lot of new songs with all of these emerging bands yeah and and coming out of that i really felt like well what i really want to do is i want to work with great film directors and making music which was really a fun a fun part of the pro maybe the most fun part of the process for me and also something that i you know had some instinct for that if i made that my ballywick that that would be the, the the touchstone to great film directors and 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 it was lucky enough that you know i met you know i met todd i i mean i i started to work with todd haynes i started to work with wes anderson Richard Linkletter, and and so it it, it worked out, you know, that yeah. that was my specialty. I wanted to ask because we had we had him on the podcast, as a matter of fact, over the summer not too long ago, um, and this is such a different film. Just to do a complete pivot in terms of like scale, um, we spoke with Wayne Wang a couple months ago, who was right. absolutely lovely, and we actually even—it's obviously not a B side, but we did chat a bit about Made in Manhattan just because that's such right. a big movie. So, I guess give us—I mean, I, I suppose what you're saying is it's all kind of the same workload, right? Even if the budget, quote unquote, is different, but with something like Made in Manhattan, Wayne Wang is kind of he's made every different kind of movie that that must be a different creative conversation than it, than it is with like, you know, OS Anderson. I'd, I'd have to imagine. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, that was one where, you know, in terms of like, you know, that's a movie that you really have to spend time just really putting a lot of things to picture because it doesn't necessarily, you know, it doesn't necessarily push you one way or another. You have to kind of find, okay, what is the, right musical world what is the musical balance you know um you know how do you use in in that film really it was how do you use music to sort of emphasize particular moments or particular sequences you know um um, i wanted to ask just bringing it back to priscilla for a second 
So Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, Crimson and Clo- Clover is used earlier right. on. Um, right. how, how did you settle on that one, just because it's so effective? Well, I think, you know, I think that Sophia was instinctively drawn to some of these, I call them operatic pop songs, you know? Mm. Um, and and I think that, you know, here it is, Priscilla, young Priscilla is living this storybook romance and has really no guideposts beyond really what's playing on the radio and 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 i think she's taking you know some of her emotional cues or finding emotional support or emotional context for her life in these really overwhelming pop songs yeah i mean those songs they're so dramatic they're so um you know they're so enduring in a way um they feel like being a teenager yeah, I mean, I mean, all of us have had that feeling, you know, where somehow some some pop song somehow seems to be, you know, speaking just to you, or just seems to be uh, understanding all of your emotions when nobody else seems to. Was there a because um, you mentioned your you sort of curated score and obviously curated music for it, right? What was the intentionality behind choosing to use a, a needle drop? versus score well i think that we just sort of you know we started playing around uh you know you know just trying to you know as you guys probably know like there's a process where you just especially with score where you put things in temporarily until you have your own score Mm -hmm. and so toma was really and phoenix were taking the lead in all that and then it just seemed like that was that was what we were going to do you know rather than it being uh, an indica- indicator for, for 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 somebody else to make music or for Phoenix to make music. Everybody just liked it so much. So sometimes the temp track just sticks. Yeah, but it was and, it yeah. wasn't really that. I mean, because it's all it it, it, it was much more um, intentional mm. at, at a certain point. Once we realized we were on to something, and and you know, I love the the Dan Deacon just kills me in the sure. movie. Yeah, oh, yeah. God, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to. Uh, I, I just wanted to jump in because I have to mention this movie because I feel like uh, this is selfish because I just want more people to watch this movie. Um, this movie that um, that Catherine Diekman directed called Diggers from the mid two thousands. Oh my god, you guys are really. I love you guys that. Are I, just, really... I gotta just say I love that movie because I remember. Um, I when I was in college, I interviewed Ken Marino, but not for yeah. that. Not Ken for Marino, that. Ken Marino is so great in that movie. He yeah, is it's great. incredible. In that yeah, movie. and so great in that. He was like, "You've seen that movie?" And I just wish more. I want more people to like find it. Well, I just give us like, I don't know, a minute on tickers. I just well, that I, I, you know, to tell you the truth, I, I, you know, I can't even really remember any sure, of the song sure. specifics <laughs> in that movie. Sure, sure. I remember Ken Marino on the toilet. Yeah, uh, yeah, amazing yeah. scene. Sarah yeah. Paulson, Sarah Paulson's his wife. Yeah, it's a great it's a great cast. It's it's a crazy cast. It's like Maura Tierney, Paul Rudd's the lead, Warren yeah. Ambrose, Ron Eldred. Um what yeah. I was gonna what I, I think Mark Cuban produced it, which is funny, back when he was producing movies still. Um what I wanted it what's so interesting, because I know um, you know, like a lot of like a lot of, you know, people who are, you know, below the line, you know, for films and whatnot, you're doing a lot of things at once, like search party, right. is kind of your, 
for your company, commercial, right? so, yeah, commercial, commercial yeah, yeah. It's which, now you know, called Premier. It's called Premier Music now. Okay, Premier Music. Thank you. So, like, you do amazing work there. I was watching kind of an incredible Stella Artois spot last night, just kind of looking into all the stuff you do. So, I just, I'm just curious. Like, you must be juggling. What is that like? I mean, because I don't think people realize the day to day for people like yourself, you know, or or, or just anybody who's kind of. It must be a bit of a juggle, right? Of like, okay, I got to do this for Sophia. Marin's asking me about this thing. Wes has yeah. this thing coming up. I well, mean, what's that it, like? It, 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 so, so I work all the time, sure. right? So that's how that 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 goes. <laughs> but also, you know, they're all on slightly different calendars. You know, not everything the same. There's an occasionally there's a situation where I need to be at two in two places at the same time, which you know is is is, you know, not not easy actually sure. impossible but yep. um, um you know sometimes when you're working on i generally am not working on movies that are in the same musical um area so Got sometimes it. it's a bit of a palate cleanser to you know sort of go and, and 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 move over to another project just to sort of clear your head and 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 get a chance to listen to some other things i mean i think one of the things that's funny is that and and friends and family are kind of uh, probably most guilty of this is like people don't realize like I have to spend some time just listening to music. Right. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a preferred way you do that in terms of just like keeping up on trends? Do you worry about At trends? Every, like, it, no, you know. I'm not because I generally am not doing those kinds of movies really. Sure. Yeah. But I, I certainly try to keep current um, and I do that any way that any way that's you can, you know, with, you know, I follow critics. I yeah. listen to podcasts. I read music press. I ask people what, you know, I try, especially when I'm doing say period or things that I'm not as grounded in, you know, finding the experts who are the experts in 1920s, big band music, right. and just sort of soliciting, uh, recommendations. But look, that's, uh, that, that, you know, I'm lucky because that's what I, like to do the most sure you know? of course and yeah. and i'm not really i've never been like particularly tech obsessed or uh uh you know uh what would you call it uh a gearhead right yeah, right right so right. you know i've been known to listen to boom boxes i there you go you know what whatever else it is i'm not really i'm not sure although i will say that apple music has frustrated me recently in that they, I need to buy music because I need to send files to editing rooms for editing. Sure, and they and they do not want you buying music. They 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 they're pushing you towards streaming, which is really super annoying. And the and 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 um, they've made it. If you if you work on that at all, it's like counterintuitive almost. That's it, you know, interesting. It, yeah. It's clear to me that they're pushing me away from acquisition and want me just streaming. Hmm. Yeah, what a what a weird and true thing, right? Yeah, it's like <laughs> just just that's exactly kind of across the board. I feel like yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I I I loved Apple. I love Apple, and and you know it, it's been such a well, Tim Cook, if you're listening, Tim. yeah, I mean, get him on the phone. I mean, there should definitely be. There definitely should be a professional, sure, um, a, a, a professional uh, group over there. To, I mean, a group over there to like deal with help professionals because 
I, 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 two weeks ago when they made this change or it made, you know, somehow I got updated or whatever it is, I was working on a playlist and all of a sudden all my music disappeared. Um, and, and I tried to, I kept my cool, but I'm still, I'm still putting it back together. You know, it didn't go away. It just has to be brought back into, into, uh, Apple music. Oh, that's oh, so that is a rough. Yeah, that is that is not fun. Oh man. I mean, look, I think that's what's so interesting because like you said, you've 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 had this such an accomplished career. It must be so fascinating to kind of see it all evolve or change, however you want to describe it. I mean that in its way it's where you know, every song is available in some respect. Now, you know, yeah. but like but it's also Well that's also empowered me to be able to work on multiple more, you know, sure. more projects. I mean, it really used to be like I would I would literally I would travel to L.A. to work on a movie and I would have a suitcase filled with CDs. And then you would have an idea in the editing room. You'd say I'd say, okay, I'll I'll go to Tower as soon as it opens. Hopefully they'll have (laughs) it, you know. For the um, for the kids, Tower was a record store. Thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. <laughs> no, but yeah, that's that's incredible to think about. I mean, I just it's so interesting in that respect. Where and it's all about file. I mean, not to get too, but it's just the file sizes are so small that you can just throw them onto. You know what I mean? They can just exist in the ether and in yeah. You know, all well, these I used to, ways. you know the other thing too, just in terms of of like with Apple, which I don't know if you guys at all. I mean, I certain you know people use Spotify more to listen to music, and I and and I dig that, and I'm being encouraged to really pay attention to what you can do with disco. Sure. Um, um, but I spent too much time downloading CDs onto my computer. Sure. Um, um, but you used to be where you'd have a song in your in your library, you'd be able to drag it onto an email yeah. to share it with people, and yeah. you can't do that now. Yeah. That's crazy. And you're right. Yeah. I mean, so I think, let me just ask you, let me just pass it over to you because, you know, as we're talking, is there, is there, and this, I guess, I I guess, tell me what you think about this. Is there a movie or a project you worked on where you're like, I wish the music in that is so great, or that was a great collaboration that you kind of would want to, you know, point people to if it's maybe lesser seen, or even if it's a big hit or something. Jesus son. Oh, oh wow! Yeah, okay. Good movie. Jesus' son. Is great the book. Watch. Great, great book. Great movie. Yeah. Yeah. Now that so Jesus' son. So that's great. So that's Billy Crudup's kind of coming out party. Really good in that movie. It was just. I mean, the material is so is so great, and and that was a movie where you know um, the late Geraldine Peroni and I he was a brilliant film editor. Worked for years with Bob Alt, Robert Altman. Yeah. You know, she and I kind of both came on the film you know after they had been editing for a while and hit kind of hit a wall and she was a person who who we had an immediate connection and figured out like okay how do we um reinvent the musical component um and um and i really got to use a lot of songs that i adore in that film and you know i'd give it to jerry and she would just say all right leave it with me and she would you know actually cut the picture to accommodate the song where really so often you're cutting the music to accommodate the cut. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And we should say, I mean, that's just one of those movies. I think it's gained a, a quite a following, you know, over time, you know, and it's obviously, um, 
based on the Dennis Johnson book. Uh, yeah. It's a short story collection, I suppose, but you know, and um, Alison McLean directed it. Yeah. Really a good, uh, really, that's a great recommendation. Yeah. That's a really strong movie and really musically as well. I just, just, I, funny enough, I just rewatched that movie. There's a scene with um, him, with Billy Crudup and Jack Black. That's like one of the funniest scenes you'll, yeah. ever, see, you'll ever see in a movie. Actually, Yeah. And we have uh, uh, Cowgirl in the Sand in that, in that, in that sequence. Yes. Uh, and, you know, that was one where, like, you know, everybody told us we wouldn't be able to get Neil Young. And we got Neil Young. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, is that Neil? I mean, I, you don't need to divulge, you know, whatever secrets. Like, does Neil, you send him the movie? And he's like, well, yeah, we sent, sent, the, sent the sequence, talked about the book, talked about the challenges of making a movie like that. You know, it's really an outlaw movie. Um, sure. And it was just so, I mean, that, that sequence is, is Chrysler. It is. It is. Well, I guess bringing it back to Priscilla as we kind of, as we're coming to the end of our time here, like, is it with, with someone like Sofia Coppola, like, are, are those conversations easier or is it the same kind of rigmarole depending on who you're talking to in terms of the artists and the representation? Yeah, I mean, people were receptive. I mean, you know, the nice thing is that all of us at this point have a pretty decent pedigree as far sure, as the sure. films that we work on. And I think generally, I think people understand that when I'm pressing, you know, if I'm pressing, they could, you know, the labels or the publishers can appreciate that the music will be used well. Right. Right. Like you're asking because it, it, it it's of importance, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, also it's because it's very, you know, it's specific. I don't want to use another song. Yeah. You know, I want to use that song. Sometimes, you know, sometimes ultimately you'll find a different song. You you know, the song that you think is irreplaceable, not because you can't get it, but the song you think is such an anchor in the film, all of a sudden, at some point you watch and you think, well, oh, maybe, maybe it should be something different. Have you ever had that where you had to maybe not convince a director, but like you were watching something with an editor, with the filmmaker, and you realize the music was taking too much away or distracting where you were like, you know what? I have to tell yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, you find this when you're working with less experienced directors sometimes is that, you know, they think, well, if I put this masterpiece song in my scene, it'll make the scene better. Right. And then really you look at it and you say, God, I, you know, I, unfortunately I'm the person who has to say like, I'm sorry. Like you, you 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 haven't earned the Rolling mm. Stones in this movie, you know. But it, see, it, that's it, fascinating to me. That's the, what it, what an interesting conversation creatively to have, though, right? Like, yeah, that that's fascinating because yeah. it's like totally there. There's definitely movies you watch, right, where you're like, I don't know, this feels lofty. This feels like a lofty yeah. choice. Yeah, I mean, you, you can understand it. You watch it, you go, Oh my god, my movie has the Rolling Stones in it, hundred percent. And then it's yeah. just sort of like. Guys, it's just it's, right. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it doesn't it's not sitting it's not sitting comfortably in the film. And I know we're wrapping up, but I, but I love the the Stones reference because that's always I feel the Stones are always like such a first call reference for like hard to license like music. I always think it's a funny. You know, we we do all our soundtracks. Wes and I we do all our soundtracks at Abco, and actually Abco is putting out the Priscilla soundtrack. Oh, okay, right. cool. Um, I know when I can let you have the Rolling Stones. Right. <laughs> You're the keeper of the flame. Yeah. Of the well, yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes you say like, hey, I know you want the Rolling Stones, but I think you might be better off 
with the romantics what I got about you. Sure. What I like about what I like about you. Sure. Last last question, bringing it back to the reason for the season. Is there what it? And you, feel free to punt on this. It, do you have a favorite musical moment in Priscilla? Is there something where you're like, that's the moment? Or yeah, I think I think for me, my at the moment, right, it changes. Sure. Sure. I I just love the the Dan Deacon in the in the movie. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. A great. I, that's just it's like my 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 heart starts to beat faster I'm yeah sorry. it's a great it's a great use of it um I, I think for my money has to be the dolly parton uh it's such an effective uh yeah very very impactful yeah well we're gonna say randall thank you for your time let's go see jesus's son diggers uh yeah. priscilla more than anything um and uh and thank you for speaking to us this yeah, is such very a nice very nice talking to you thanks yeah. for doing all your homework Oh, hey, we, oh, hey, hey no it's, 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 it's our pleasure, and, and uh, have a good rest of your day. Okay, thanks. All right, bye-bye. Oh, there you have it. Like we said, a fascinating guy with one of the more interesting jobs out there. Uh, we're super grateful to have gotten the time, and you can check out Randall's most recent work in Priscilla, which is out now. If you like what you've heard here, please rate, review, and subscribe. It helps us out a great deal. You can give us a follow on social media at TFSBside. And coming up, we will have an episode on Vietnam War movie B-sides, as well as uh, our first audience choice episode, which will be coming later in the month uh, on the B-sides of Daniel Day-Lewis. So thanks again for listening, everybody, and we will see you in two weeks. And now you're listening to the B-side.